Today we are in Mosiah 4. And to me, the huge message in Mosiah 4 is all about repentance. And I feel like that's kind of the message that um, the church has really been giving, the daily repentance, and kind of the message that I've been hearing um, for myself for the last little while. And so maybe it's just for me, but that's kind of what I've centered on. So in Mosiah chapter 4, verse 3, it says, And it came to pass that after they had spoken these words, the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, and they were filled with joy, having received a remission of their sins, having peace of conscience because of their exceeding faith, which they had in Jesus Christ, who should come, according to the words King Benjamin had spoken to them. And I just love that it talks about that after they viewed themselves as nothing and had begged for repentance. It talks about the joy that they received and the peace of conscience. And I love that. And that all came through faith on Jesus Christ. So then um, the next verse, I just think that's so important that we remember that peace and joy come from faith and through repentance. And then the next verse that I loved was verse 5. For behold, if thou, if the knowledge of the goodness of God at this time hath awakened you to a sense of your nothingness and your worthless and fallen state. And I think it's so important that we remember it's not that it's saying you are nothing because you are everything to God. It's that we view ourselves as he is everything, that we can't do this without him, that we really literally are nothing without him because we merit nothing of ourselves and none of us, no matter what we've done, no matter how much, no matter how little, no matter if we're President Nelson or someone else, none of us can get into the kingdom of heaven without him. So that's what that means. And then in verse 6, and his wisdom and his patience and his long suffering towards the children of men, that we know it is all because of the Lord and that we have to put our faith and our trust in him and that it all depends on him. It reminds me of that video of Elder Hollins, that talk conference talk he gave years ago of the two brothers. And that's where justice, love, and mercy meet. And that's just one of the epic talks that Holland has given. And if you haven't watched that video in a while, I would watch that video um, since you have a lot of time on your hands and so do I. Um, verse nine, believe in God. Believe that he is, that he created all things, both in heaven and earth. Believe he has all wisdom, all power. Believe that man doth not comprehend the things the Lord comprehends. And we actually talked about this already in class because it's a doctrinal mastery scripture. And um, we call it the big scripture, believe in God. And then in verse 10, and again, believe that you must repent of your sins and forsake them and humble yourselves before God. Ask in sincerity of heart that he will forgive you. And now, if you believe, go and do. And I love that it says, see that you do them. I'm the one who said go and do. But do them. Believe and do. Um, I've heard before it said that our, after the trial of the, your faith, your testimony comes and it's through action that we receive that. You gain a testimony of tithing by paying your tithing. You gain a testimony of the blessings of the temple by attending the temple. You gain a testimony of answers to prayer by praying to God. You gain a testimony of the Book of Mormon by reading the Book of Mormon. So do those things. 
And then in verse 11, and again, I say unto you, as I have said before, that as ye have come to a knowledge of the glory of God, or if you have known of his goodness and tasted of his love, which we all have, I love how you guys would share how you saw the hand of God in your life and have received a remission of your sins, which causes such exceeding great joy in your souls. Even so, I would would that ye should remember and retain in remembrance the goodness and the greatness, sorry, the greatness of God and your own nothingness. And again, remember that does not mean you are nothing. It just means he is everything and that we can't do it without him. And then jump down, calling on the name of the Lord daily, standing steadfast in the faith which is to come. And one of the things that I think it's so important to do during this time when we're not together is please keep recording how you've seen the hand of God in your life, especially now that we are quarantined or at home and stuck and not with friends. Please make sure that you record the tender mercies that you've seen from God. I mean, I cannot believe all the kind things. So my my um, journaling of all the tender mercies is off the charts. I've got luckily someone brought me a journal because holy cow, I could fill it with all the kind things that people have done. And it, I really hope that you guys are keeping track of those tender mercies. Okay, 16. And also you yourself succor those that stand in need of succor. And you guys have done that. You have said your prayers for me. You have written me or you have sent me little tender mercies. I feel it so strong. So even if you haven't written me, even if you haven't said it, if you just uttered a prayer, I need you to know. I have been so full of peace and so filled with love that I know I have felt palpably the prayers that are being offered on our family's behalf. So thank you so much. And then jump down to verse 19. For behold, are we not all beggars? Do we not all depend on the same being, even God, for all the substance which we have, for both food, raiment, gold, silver, and all the riches we have of every kind? Um, we all need God. One of my very, very favorite scriptures that was ever given was by Elder Holland. Of course, you guys know he is probably my home run hitter apostle. I love them all, but Holland is my favorite. And it's called um, Be Therefore Perfect. And it was in October of 2017. And if you fall asleep to conference talks or if you do conference talks as part of your scriptures, please listen to that conference talk. He talks about the parable of the servant who comes and asks for forgiveness for his hundred um, pence. I think it's the hundred pence debt. And he is forgiven and then he won't forgive the person who who is in debt to him. And I'm saying those amounts wrong. But Holland talks about if the hundred pence debt was a hundred dollars, what he was forgiven of in our times in monetary terms would be a billion dollar debt. And he said that's inconceivable. And then I love when he says the reason it's inconceivable is it's not supposed to be a monetary. It is for our sins and the things we've done wrong. It's about us and how gracious God is to us. Um, and then in verse 20, and behold, even at this time, you have been calling on his name and begging for a remission of your sins. And has he suffered that you have begged in vain? No, he has poured out his spirit upon you. 
and caused that your heart should be filled with joy. And it has caused that your mouth should be stopped, even that you could not find utterance. How exceeding great was your joy. I love that. And then in 21, and now if God who has created you on whom you are dependent for your lives and for all that you have and are, doth grant unto you whatsoever you ask that is right in faith, believing you shall receive, oh, then how you ought to impart of your substance that you have one to another. And I have to say in this time when we laugh and we see that the the grocery store shelves are, you know, bare and that people are hoarding toilet paper and water and all of that that's been said, I have to say at this time when we are really kind of in a fearful, turbulent time, I have been so impressed. All of my family has been served like we can't believe. The food that has been dropped off, the flowers that have been dropped off, the notes, so many things that we literally have this like family chat where we're like, uncle, uncle, it's enough, no more. It just is overwhelming to me, people's kindness. And I love that it says that if we can be so indebted to God for all that he's done, then it's so important that we do it for others. And you guys have. And then in verse 24, and again, I say unto the poor, ye who have not and yet have sufficient that you remain from day to day, all you who deny the beggar because you have not, I would that you say in your hearts, I give not because I have not, otherwise I would give. And I think it's so important that we remember we are judged on our hearts. We are judged on how we feel inside. So all of you who are like, I wish I knew something that I could do. God knows that is a true statement. And literally your prayers just have meant the world. And then 27, and see that all these things are done in wisdom and order, for it is not requisite that a man should run faster than he has strength. That's the important thing is don't run out and do things at this time that it isn't wise to do. We have to follow the counsel. That just so is applicable. Do not go out and do things we're not supposed to do. Find things that you can do in your home. Pray in the morning. What would you have me do, Heavenly Father, today to be a missionary, to be used in your hands? What can I do? And it's interesting. He brings things to mind. He has brought things to mind for me. And 29, and finally, I cannot tell you all things whereby you may commit sin. I love that they do not list here a list of don'ts. I love that he doesn't even concentrate on that. Let's not get a big, huge list of don'ts. Um, I have to tell you a funny story. I did not learn to ride a bike until I think I... Oh, I don't know how old I was, but I was old for a little kid to learn to ride a bike. And the reason being is my parents said they tried for years and years and years. They would go and help and they would start me on a path, you know, run behind me. And they would say, okay, now, Aaron, just don't hit the mailbox. And they'd let go of the bike. And sure enough, they said no matter where I was on the street, I would start pedaling and sure enough, I'd go right to the mailbox and I'd hit the mailbox and that happened like two or three times. And then they said it was so funny. They'd say, okay, now Aaron, here's this whole huge street, the whole church parking lot, just don't hit that tree. And sure enough, what would I do? I would hit the tree. And the reason they would laugh and tell that story is they said, we learned something about your brain. 
your brain, Erin, is so powerful that if you focus on the don'ts, that's where your brain goes. But if you focus on the do's, what you can do, your brain goes there. And that is so true of me. I love Lehi's vision. And the thing that the Spirit brought to me very clearly is that Lehi never saw the filthiness of the water. He never saw any of the... He went from the field directly to the tree, ate the fruit, and then called to his family. And it isn't until he sees Laman and Lemuel that all of a sudden he sees the path, he sees the filthy water, he sees the rod, he sees all of these things. And all of a sudden, one day the Spirit said to me, it is possible to be so concentrated on getting to the fruit and the tree that you don't even see all the filthiness, the mist of darkness, the river of water. You are so concentrated on the tree. And the Spirit said to me, concentrate so much on the tree and getting your kids there that you don't notice the don'ts of the world. And that's what that verse means to me, is let's just focus on the do's, what we are supposed to do. And isn't it amazing with all that they have listed for us in conference and in scriptures and in everything to do, We've just had several do's taken off the list. He's just simplified things for us. So really, we should be able very easily to wake up in the morning, say our prayers, read our scriptures, do come follow me and pray for some act of service that the Lord would have us do. He's taken the temple off our list. He's taken attending church off our list. He's taken so many things off the list. So let's concentrate on the do's. What can I do today to draw closer to the Lord? What a gift that we have this time to really refine that. And then lastly, verse 30, but this much I can tell you that if you do not watch yourselves, your thoughts, your words, your deeds, and observe the commandments of God and continue in faith of what you have heard concerning the coming of the Lord, even to the end of your lives, you will perish. And now, O oh man, remember and perish not. So important that we remember what our goal is here, what we are to be doing. Um, one of the quotes my sister posted today is said, this is from Brigham Young. He said, do you think there is calamity abroad now among the people? Not much. All we have yet heard and all we have experienced is scarcely a preface to the sermon that is going to be treat, teach, preached. Sorry. When the testimony of the elders ceases to be given, the elders is the missionaries, and the Lord says to them, come home. I will now preach my own sermon to the nations of the earth. All you now know can scarcely be called a preface to the sermon that will be preached with fire, with sword, with tempest, with earthquakes, with hail, with rain, with thunder, with lightning, with fearful destruction. What matters the destruction of a few railway cars? You will hear of magnificent cities now idolized by people sinking to the earth, entombing the inhabitants. The sea will heave itself beyond its bounds, <coughs> engulfing mighty cities. Famine will spread. A nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, state against state, in their own country and foreign lands, and they will destroy each other, caring not for the blood and the lives of their neighbors or families or for their own. 
They will be like the Jaredites who preceded the Nephites upon this continent and will destroy each other to the last through the anger that the devil will place in their hearts because they have rejected the word of life and have given over to Satan to do whatever he listeth to do with them. You may think that the little you hear of now is grievous, yet the faithful of God's people will see these days. And it will cause them to close their eyes because of the sorrow that will come upon the wicked. The hearts of the faithful will be filled with pain and anguish for them. Okay, that's kind of a heavy quote. But I love that what it says is God is now preaching. And whoever will hear and open their ears to hear and their eyes to see will hear the word of God and turn to him. I love that God is giving us an opportunity to really turn to him. Love you guys so much. Hope that you're having a good break. This is day five of quarantine for me. So grateful that I'm still able, hopefully, to reach some of you and let you know how much I love you. Remember the church is true. I love you, but God loves you more.